survey, excavate, partake, and conversate on passions, concepts, hobbies, and philosophies with the crew at Hub for Hubba. Prepare to be introduced to your next obsession. So Necrons are new, the new baddie. Yep. And cool. um, their new model kits are a lot easier to build. They look cool. Too. They, really? they do look cool. Yeah, they're yeah, they super are. easy. Because he started on Necrons I when remember. he first started. And he was yeah. just like, I can't do this. I couldn't do one of... Uh, I, I spent <laughs> like days trying to do like a set of 10. Yeah. And it was just like super impossible. And I was like, I spent money on this. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> That was fucking But yeah, funny. they they've been updated, which I wanted the other, you know, um Xeno races to get updated too, but they're taking their sweet time. Yep, the drip feeding of like the new rules and shit like that. A lot of people weren't really happy with the new reanimation protocols, but like I like them and considered selling everything so I could just get a giant Necron warrior spam. <laughs> and like with the new kits cuz they're super cheap cuz yeah. they came in the new box mm-hmm. and uh the starter box yeah. for ninth edition. But uh fuck yeah. that. Because that is also a lot of work. Yeah, their their lore is cool with the turning off the warp for like, yeah, or forever around them. Yep, and then they broke Cadia or whatever the hell that story was. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But we're not actually here to talk about 40k or Warhammer or anything like that today. Uh, we're actually here to talk about a song of ice and fire. Um, and uh, so welcome to Hub for Hubbub. Uh, I'm Corey, the Wood Tier Guru. I'm joined by my co-host Alex, and you can follow me on Instagram as Mancer. He has changed it again. Yep. Um, Every uh, few days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and our guest today is uh, one of our longtime friends, former roommate, uh, old-time coworker, uh, and uh, I didn't actually know this about him, but apparently he is uh, obsessed. Yes. Uh, obsessed with a uh, song of ice and fire. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what the fuck that is, we're talking about Game of Thrones. Yep. And we're here with Weston. Hi, Weston. Uh, Weston Peapotty at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it me. <laughs> it me. Uh, yes, uh, Song of Ice and Fire is my f- favorite fiction. And uh, I'm super into it. And uh, here to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so. Considering the topic of the podcast is like, hey, get into this new fucking thing, or not necessarily this new thing, but mm-hmm. um, this uh, thing that I'm into, you should get into it too. Uh, and we're in 2020, and this show has stopped, and uh, I'm not sure. Are, are the books still being written? Yes, they are. The books are still being written. George R. R. Martin is still <laughs> alive, everybody. Yep, trucking away. Yeah, yeah that that is a downside of, you know, we have to wait. But um, new book uh probably next year nice we were supposed to get in the june or july but you know okay the world stopped so, <laughs> so there are things there are new things to look forward to apparently there are many new things Ooh. um you have um the next book uh the winds of winter uh which basically takes place after like season four or five of the show um which is arguably when people were like oh this is not the same as it was before now, I never like actually ended up finishing watching the show. Mm-hmm. I watched, I think I watched the first four seasons. Yeah, you can stop after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I read <laughs> the, I read the first two books. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I ran a tabletop role-playing game uh, in A Song of Ice and Fire. That was uh, fun as fuck. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. actually a uh, like a dedicated um, like Game of Thrones tabletop role-playing game system that uh, I think... I, don't I really want to try it. I don't. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't remember who got it for me. I think it was probably Matt that got it for me. Um, but uh, it's a really cool system with uh, a lot of, like, uh, intrigue rules and that kind of thing. A lot of uh, political, uh, like, s- like rule sets and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I definitely don't know much about Game of Thrones in the new era, so I'm really excited to learn more about what the fuck happened in the last <laughs> uh, four seasons, three seasons, and yeah. um, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, if we just want to go into that, uh, I mean, we, we don't need to just go into spoilers. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the, the thing I would say about that is the show is great. Um, but once they lost something to pull from, it became more of a, um, action movie. Okay. You know, they, they follow they the, the main complaint you could say is what made the show and what makes the books great is that there are consequences for your actions. Okay. No matter what, there's weight to what you do. And in an action movie, there's not. Okay. You know, you're the main character. You're going to live. You're going to do the thing. Um, but in the books, in the early seasons of the show is like, you do the thing that is stupid. You're going to pay the consequences. And the show lost a lot of weight towards the parts they don't have source material for. Okay. The last season was fucking awful. I've been I went from knowing nothing about Game of Thrones and never seeing an episode to like watching all of the seasons and then like waiting two weeks and then the, the last season coming out. Mm-hmm. And the last season, like I don't I I've heard that it was like season four or after season four that things kind of started to tank, but like I don't know. But yeah, like, it's it around did, then. like the tempo and like the feel of it and like the depth. I mean, obviously the last season was absolutely fucking shit, but mm-hmm. like it felt like it kind of decayed. So the thing I would say for that is um, I think where people ended is probably where they're going to end more or less, but the road is much longer. Like you yeah. won't get characters just flipping on a dime in yeah. two episodes. You'll have like entire arcs. Yeah. Which makes more sense. And that was like one of my complaints. It was just like, you know, some of the characters change so drastically in such a short period of time. It's just like, okay, well, why? Yeah, that is exactly. Uh, I mean, you get to see this beautiful arc for one of the characters, like Jamie, right? Yeah. Over the course of like four seasons, he's just turning and changing. I'm not going to spoil anything yet. And then he just, on a dime, yep, switches. And uh, that's that's basically, George R. R. Martin himself said, like, the show should go on for 15 seasons if you want it to realistically line up with the books. Uh, A, it's kind of unrealistic because it's where are the books, George? (laughs) Right. And B, these showrunners, they got offered to do like Star Wars. And they're like, well, we don't have source material for this. People are not going to like, because we don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's, there's so much intricate pieces to the story. And when you don't have, when you've, when you've been relying on the source material and then you lose it, that's hard. And then also the pressure on George is like, hey, you invented the uh, most popular fiction in like the last what, 20 years, 20 years, something like 30 that. 30 years, who knows? Uh, 
go finish go finish the fiction and and do it well no that's a wait yeah <laughs> you can't fucking force that on someone especially when it's their like piece of art wait you you mean when you like try to try to push someone to um push out a product before it's ready a lot of times it doesn't it doesn't come out ready <laughs> like we haven't baby. seen that and we haven't seen that in like Mm-mm. video game titles or, or star wars star wars star yeah. wars or <laughs> anything like that oh man that's crazy but yeah so that's why i'm not upset that it's taking so long because you know he wants the best product yeah so Hey man, at the end of the day, it, it, is George R. R. Martin's legacy going to be the Game of Thrones TV series? No, no, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be his book series, and mm-hmm. I who knows, my, the guy's at the end of his life, maybe, uh, but maybe he's got some other things that he, he he's gonna pump out before before he goes after Game of Thrones is done. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, he did work on a video game. Uh, he uh, Elden Ring made by from software who makes dark souls so that's very exciting yes um but he also uh there's there's prequel novels the duncan egg things he is gonna write i think another one of those Um, they're novellas they're short they're sweet and they're cool they're like 90 years before our story um so they're like a prequel series kind of the the characters you don't really know you one of them 90 years before yeah, you uh, don't know them. No, no, they, they, they are known. Okay, but um, the characters in uh, our current story don't like uh, talk to them or anything. Sure. Um, you got Duncan the Tall and Egg, who is uh, becomes uh, that's a spoiler. I'm not going to say that, but it's very it's 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 uh, not as heavy. Okay, if it's a reprieve from the just onslaught of you know intricacy and intensity and intensity and all that stuff yeah it's just it's beautiful because dunk the main character is just he's just a lovable oaf he's huge he's not like insane at fighting he's just huge and he's a knight and he does the right thing which you know in game of thrones when you do the right thing or it doesn't really work out yeah somebody takes advantage of you yeah but this guy he's just a he's just a knight he's just like a regular hedge knight he doesn't come from a family so he can get away with doing the right thing Cool. But he faces a lot of consequence for that, and you'll see. Right on. Hmm. Okay. Neat. So, so show went for four seasons, was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Lost some source material, started to be not so great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, books. It, books. Books. The, the books are... Books are incredible all the way okay. through. All the way through. Uh, I mean, the first one, a little slow. Second one has some pacing issues. Third one is by far the best book. Is it really? Yes. You mean I stopped reading like right before <laughs> I got to the best book? That's where people start paying all the consequences for their actions. Okay. Uh, you get these people who are doing the right thing, the, the ethical thing. But, you know, in this world where the ethical thing is not always the thing that your Lord or someone who owns fealty over this area wants, you're going to end up paying the price. Yeah. You're breaking the law. You're breaking the law or not just by the being law. a good person. Exactly. Or you're offending their integrity or like they have goal. That's the beauty of this. Other people in the story that you don't even talk to have goals and they are doing them and you'll see them and you'll meet them but you're not getting it from their point of view. And it, it feels very organic when this person has a conflicting goal to yours. 
And that's also the the beauty of the POV is that this book was written in the 90s. Yep. The first one, which the um, uh, untrustworthy, that's not the word, but the unreliable narrator was the hot thing. And that's the premise of A Song of Ice and Fire, if you actually look at it. Everyone is always acting on information that they think is correct. Right. And you get to see from their point of view, and you see it time and time again, someone will say something because they were told it was that way, and then it's not that way, and then someone else will think of it as a different way, and someone else, and they're all doing their choices and actions according to what they think is correct. That's cool. And that's that that's what gives it a lot of the depth, and you're like, oh, I can think. Like, the, the critical thinking uh, aspect of just reading and being like, this is this correct? Is this true? And and the more you know about it, uh, the more you can infer on that. Because a lot of stuff like, you know, I love Lord of the Rings, but you can take whatever the good guys say at face value. Yeah, they're that, the good guys. Yeah, they're the good guys. It's true. But like so many times, like you think the person is good, but it, they're just acting off an information that they don't, they think is correct. Right. They don't know. Yep. I mean, it's a big part of like writing and like, playing tabletop games and all that is that the way that it should be played is you're you're basing all of the decisions and everything based on on character knowledge rather than player knowledge Mm -hmm. uh when you start to see things bleed over and people acting on uh, acting on on information that they don't actually have as a character or whatever Mm -hmm. uh like the reader gets pulled out of it the game gets worse whatever Mm -hmm. like you definitely that and george R. R. martin is a very good writer and it doesn't surprise me at all that he's able to um make sure that all of that stays in line yeah you'll have characters like um there's inconsequential ones which are just there for for you to be like oh yeah people don't know things like uh this character is supposed to be fostered here no, no, no. He's supposed to be fostered here. And then another person would say that there's nowhere near that. No, he was supposed to be fostered over there. And it, that's kind of inconsequential. But then you get big stuff like, oh, this person owes fealty to me. He's loyal to me to a T and I trust him. And maybe you shouldn't. Maybe he's been second banana. His house has been second banana for 300 years and he wants to be top dog. Um, and he's telegraphed such, and you've been disrespecting him the whole time because he is your subservient lord. Yeah. Hmm. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, a nice, a nicely functioning world is really fucking important. Having characters with their own reasonings and then mm-hmm. misinformation and stuff like that really helps with the setting especially in like a medieval ish yeah kind there's of setting. no like, there's no phones you got to wait a week to hear yeah, that's any really information cool. and then you have to trust that information is correct mm-hmm. um and where they got the information from and you see this uh when characters are doing their reasoning like they know people can't be trusted certain people can't be trusted but then other people tell you you're stupid to trust anyone and those are the people who usually are on the you're getting ahead the fastest yep they're utilizing yeah. they're utilizing that to like their advantage. Yeah, I mean, uh, Peter Baylor says chaos is a ladder, and I'm climbing it. Yeah, I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll probably 
it'll be a little bit different in the books. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't read any of the books, but um, have you ever checked them out, like, on an audiobook format? Yes, there are very good. I read the books first, and then I started listening to them, like, a year later just to do it again because I love them. And uh, there's a rest in peace. uh, Roy Dotrice uh, narrates them, and he does a fantastic job. Uh, And uh, I... They're very good. Uh, kind of sad he won't be doing uh, uh, Wind's Winter, but mm. I'm sure they'll get someone else. Uh, the guy who played Viserion, uh, Daenerys' brother in oh, the early okay. seasons, yeah. he narrates the Dunkin' Egg stories, the novellas. Oh, that's that, cool. That's very good, actually. I'm probably going to pick up the uh, the audiobooks then, because like, I really like audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan of like of reading as much as I used to be. Mm. And especially like a giant chungus of a book like oh, those. Oh, they're huge, yeah. yeah like, I, I would prefer to check it out on an audiobook, especially 100%. if the narration is good. Yes, he's very good. 100%, dude. Like, uh, I don't have any problems falling asleep whatsoever, like, <laughs> at all. And just sitting down and just, like, staring at text, like, even if I'm really engrossed in what's going on, I just nod off. I, it's just what I, I do. It. <laughs> yeah i get that so uh but i really do uh enjoy things in an audio format where do you get your audiobooks weston audible hell yeah but i also have prime so you just get a free book a month and yeah it dude, doesn't matter how big the book is it could be a big 20 yeah. to 30 hour book like these yeah, thank I, you. I got a war and nice. peace and that's like 50 hours <laughs> yeah. and it was one credit and like there's bonuses and shit so sometimes you'll get like two or three credits yeah no the uh when i first got audible uh you get a free book on there like oh uh, audible exclusive or whatever game of thrones was on there got that oh, one cool. for free and i still had my uh token to get a storm of swords clash of kings oh that's awesome yeah sweet definitely have to look into that i'm definitely super hyped up on listening to podcasts right now but um if i find some time that i don't have other things going on i'll definitely look into song of ice and fire it's a series that i've that I got into at one point and was somewhat disappointed that I just kind of fell off of it. Mm. I, I do think, um, cause I am get my girlfriend is getting into it right now, listening to the books. Uh, cause she only watched the show and, uh, I, I am noticing we're on the second book. The, the, the pacing is not as quick as, uh, the third book. Uh, and, uh, so if you can get through the second book, it's good stuff. And, uh it's very relevant information but i do understand like yeah i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with like taking your time and laying the groundwork especially if it's gonna be like uh, how many books are on this series so far uh five yeah like if they're like big fat fucking books like i'll slog through the first two that's fine yeah the third one is where things pick up that's where the pacing is correct it does get a little weird at four and five and i'll tell you why (laughs) Four and five were initially supposed to be the same book, but there's too many pages to be printed on like a small paperback. Okay. And so he split it in half, but he did not split it in half chronologically. Mm-hmm. He split it in a half uh, geographically. And so the fourth book takes place at the same time as the fifth book. And you have to keep that in mind. Oh, okay. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of, uh, he just he's not going to do that again. He didn't like the way it turned out. Um, but it is fun because something will happen and you'll be like oh okay that's where we are in this book when you're reading the fifth one you're like oh that happened in the fourth book at this point in time Mm -hmm. i know where we are okay um yeah one of the things that i never 
really got around to uh, in my progression through Game of Thrones was, uh, do they ever really go into it? Because like the Seven Kingdoms is the predominant, is it the Seven or the Five? Seven. Seven. Yeah, the Seven Kingdoms uh, are like the, the mainland of where everything takes place, right? Mostly. You, Daenerys is over in Essos, which is in the east the whole time. Okay. Um, and do they really go into like what's going on over there? Yeah, you do. Um, uh, Bravos is a main place. Um, where you'll meet the faceless men. Um, that's very different in the, in the books of the show. Okay. Um, what are those key differences that, I mean, so the, the way the faceless men work in the books is that you are literally nobody. You have no personality. And you have you you just putting on faces left and right. So there's a character in the show called Jack and Agar. That character exists in the books, but he is not that person. He just switches faces, and now he's another person. And that person you you don't even see Jack and Agar again. And in the show, he's a very main yeah. He's the he main person from there. I get that streamlining. You want to keep people that are like on their phones or whatever. Like oh, that's the assassin guy. Um, but they have their own, uh, obje- in the show, they just seem like a death cult, which they are. They are definitely a death cult. However, they have their own objectives in the books and you get to see it playing out from other people's perspectives. Cause you don't get their perspective, but you see this guy, Arya, Arya sees him switch his face out. And then an- that exact descriptive character shows up in a, in the prologue for another book. And, uh, he, is doing his own thing and he wants to go into the Citadel. And why does he want to go into the Citadel? Hmm. And, uh, and then, um, uh, the character that you're getting from his POV shows up acting completely different in the epilogue. No, with his own objectives. And so you're seeing this, this death cult member is slipping into other people's, um, skins, but he's not, he's clearly has his own objectives. And so you get a lot of that, uh, and that's happening. Why they're doing that, you don't really know, but you can make some assumptions based off context. Um, and then you get um, Marine, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I, I I do like what's happening in Westeros more than what's happening in Essos, but it is much more fleshed out. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's uh, secondary due to quality it feels like it's secondary due to quantity because you only ever get it from one person's point of view sure whereas everybody else is is in westeros okay where in the show it does feel like a quality like they just get them out of here yeah i really felt like in the show the faceless men it was like it seemed like they had a lot of depth that they just never touched on yeah like it it felt like they're like look at this cool ass fucking thing and then like they never went into detail and like really explored it, which is like something that yeah, no, I would have fucking liked. Very cool. Like you have to, the the best part is I call it the many face God. Why is the many face God? Well, every religion has a God of death, right? That means that there's a God who streamlines through every religion. And so whatever version you want to call it, that's who they worship. And all men must die. And that's their Valar Mugolus. That's their, tagline quote-unquote um but what that means is like when they come into contact with people that are breaking the rules like the whites Mm. those are men that are supposed to be dead they got a big problem with that that's against the rules uh other characters you know beric dondarian that's a early it's not really a spoiler 
he's breaking the rules. Yeah. Um, if we get, uh, I mean, just tell me when you want to get into spoiler spoilers. Yeah, well, if we'll, you want, we'll to. have that towards the end so okay. that we can so that we can cut people uh, cut people off and be like, all right, yeah, spoiler you time. Can fuck off now. Yeah, and it's we're we're gonna get into some shit now. Yeah, I really don't want to ruin some stuff because there's some major changes in the books. Okay, huge changes. It plot points that are completely not used. Okay. Hmm. That fucking sucks. Yeah. I really enjoyed like the TV show. Yeah. It got me into it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there were definitely a couple of like, Oh, this is kind of like a cock tease. Like, Oh, I, I noticed we were rewatching it. I noticed in season two, there was already a continuity error. Hmm. Um, which is fine, but it's a character saying that, uh, I wasn't trusted to be on the small council. I fought for the other King but he was literally on the small council vouching for the thing that he said he didn't do. Hmm. I was like, that's weird. Why would you do that choice? You should probably have known that he was there on set that day. Right. (laughs) Hey man, sometimes there's going to be, sometimes there's going to be little errors. Yeah. Sometimes there's going to be errors and sometimes there's going to be active decisions that are made that, they're just like, no, no we're just going to deviate here. Yeah, they're just retconning. But if and, we and don't bitch about it, it won't get fixed. But remember, that's when you... That's not how... Well, also... I if want you, TV shows and movies that are just the books with the screen. Well, that's so that, that is the problem of the thing. You're not going to get from their point of view and their brain mm-hmm. what their thoughts are, because that's a big thing of the books. You're seeing how these people are coming to their decisions. And um, that's something you can't truly translate on screen you yeah. can try that's why there's exposition exposition dumps but you know you're not nobody gonna... likes exposition in a in a something that they're watching in a video uh, format yeah which you know that's just the format that you're processing it through yep tv lame <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the show first four seasons got me into it loved it cool 100 percent. uh do you have any thoughts on the new prequel show yes i'm so there was going to be two. Mm-hmm. They're going to do the long night, which is the first time the white walkers came 8,000 years ago. Oh, uh, they shot the pilot for that. Canceled it. What? Yeah. Pulled the plug on that. That's fine. You know, white walkers. That was the whole thing. We would have gotten boring. Maybe. I don't know. It's cool. You get to see the Starks 8,000 years ago when they're basically barbarians, not a house. And hmm. you get to see like, you know, this is a land that's been invaded three times. Uh, you get to see it from the first men, the first time it was invaded. Um, and uh, then, okay, so they stopped that. Now they're doing a, a Fire and Blood, which is um, the Targaryens. Um, they, they're they having a civil war, basically. Um, and the Targaryens, they're not an ancient house. They've only been around in Westeros for 300 years. They just have an, a, an A-bomb with wings. That no yeah. one can do anything about. Sure, when you got dragons. Exactly, and that, and specifically in this universe, the, the dragons are atomic bombs. You can do no, no army can stand to them. Okay. Like the, there's nothing you can do. So what makes the, so what makes the dragons in this uh, in this better than or different than dragons in uh, other kinds of lores? Well, the dragons in these lores are in this lore is they're a they're enormous. They're not like, I, you know what? They're like smog size in okay. the, yeah. And, um, but they, the way that they're described, their scales are like harder than steel. People wear it as armor. 
Their teeth are uh, both harder than steel and flexible uh, to the point that you could, their bones and stuff could be made out of bows and stuff. And they'll launch an arrow farther than any other bow. Uh, And the only place that they're weak at all is like their eyeball. And they're going to be a thousand yard, a thousand feet up in the sky where you, you can't hit him. Yeah. And he's moving way faster. It's be, it's because they're so grounded, I think. There's no person pulling a trick shot, you yeah. know, like hitting the thing. No, you can't hit the eyeball on the... Good fucking luck. Yeah, on the 600-foot-long, flying at the speed of, like, I don't know... Fast as shit. Fast as shit. <laughs> you're not going to hit that. And, like, there's their strategy. You see people doing strategy all the time with their dragons. when Because there is a book that this is based on. I think it's called Fire and Blood. Um and like straight up like flies into the sun and then just dive bombs down. Hmm. What are you going to do? Yep. You can't look at him. Yeah. And he's breathing fire down at you at the same time. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, were they were they like was their size portrayed like So hers on the show? hers are um they're like juvenile. Yeah, they're like juvenile. Like the Balerian the Black Dread is the biggest one there's ever been, which her Drogon is like a uh echo of but he was enormous, like the size of uh, castles. Hmm. And um, he was the dragon that Aegon the Conqueror came down with. He was like, this is my land now. <laughs> and everyone uh, basically were like, oh, yeah. Uh, some people held back. But most people were like, yeah, you win. Yeah. You're king now. <laughs> Fuck. We're okay with that. I mean, we're not okay we're with not that. We're not okay but... with it, but what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Um, my choices or death. So, but yeah, so, you know, Westeros has been around forever. The Targaryens are from Valyria, which is in the east. Valyria, think of it like Atlantis, basically. Okay. And they're Atlanteans. That's how you have to really think of them. Um, and then, so the Targaryens were not a big house in Valyria. They were a house, uh, but not a big house. And they they have these things called like dragon dreams and they can be prophetic, but you need to read them correctly. People always read them incorrectly. And one of the Targaryens... Dream, dreamt that uh, Valyria is going to explode, erupt. Something's going to happen. And so they took it seriously enough where they just, they're like, okay, well, we're getting out of here and went to Westeros. And then it happened. It's called the Doom of Valyria. Hmm. And that's where that line of people all died. And um, so you're going to see what happens when there's only one house of these magical people left and how they struggle with it. A big point of their civil... They've had multiple civil wars um, because there was a... One of the uh, Targaryen kings was kind of like Robert, uh, just a fucking turn around. Well, Robert's, Robert's just vibing. That's how you have to read Robert. Robert was the six foot eight, 300 pound, swinging a war hammer that Ned Stark can't even pick up. Yeah. Like just monster of a man fighting. Yeah. He won his throne, but the love of his life is gone. So he's just drinking himself to death, mm-hmm. basically. That, but he's also fucking. And so that's where I'm getting to with the Targaryen. He was fucking a lot. And then instead of giving his family sword to his heir, he gave it to his bastard and legitimized all his bastards. And what happens then? There's yeah. a power vacuum. Now you have two peoples. They're really the same, but two peoples like, oh, I'm king. No, I'm king. And everyone falling in line behind them. And that's uh, the Blackfire Rebellions. The sword's called Blackfire. And they're the the bastards were all called Blackfires then. Okay. Cool. Um, and there's been multiple Blackfire rebellions, but this one is not 
it, it's dealing with um, who should be king and who we want to be king. And then there's a ton of dragons around. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, so it's just and people the- siding with other, with the greens and the blacks are what they're called. And uh, people siding with them. So it, it's going to be interesting. Which book is this? This is uh the, the sh- this is the show. This is the prequel a show okay. that's going to be coming out. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Uh that sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so dude. that's that's exciting. Um what other things uh, so sure, read the books. Mm-hmm. Books are fucking awesome. Yes. Or audiobooks. Yeah, or, audiobooks. or listen to the audiobooks um at Audible and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sponsor me. Plug Amazon. Sponsor me. <laughs> Give me money. <laughs> um they need the plug. Yeah. They really do. Um, and check how many hours it is. Uh, so watch the show if yes. you haven't. Um, I, I would say probably read the books first. I would say read the books first. Uh, the show is good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's bad, but you you miss a lot of what makes the books great. Okay. Is the unreliable narrator. They can't really translate that over. Sure. And so you're just seeing people make decisions based off what they seem like they do. Um, there are, there's another, uh, there are two other prequel books, uh, um, what is it called? History of Westeros, I think is one. I can't think of the names. I have to look it up. It's the Silmarillion one of them. (laughs) (laughs) No, what's cool about these two is they're actually written from the point of view of a maester. Okay. And so he has his own biases and not biases, uh, and uh, the Macers also have their own agenda in the books, too. They don't want magic to exist. It's that simple. Hmm. They So people at the tippity-top know it exists and are trying to harness it, but every other Maester is taught it doesn't exist. Or you can try, and they never do. And then now you have these people in every single great house telling them magic is not real. And that's, that's cool. Yeah, so they have their own agenda. But yeah, so you're getting it from his point of getting it from their point of views which is cool. Yeah. Um, so read the books. The mm-hmm. books are, it sounds like it's the best primary source. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, what other things with game of Thrones have you gotten into? Are there, um, like I've played a board game that it was like similar risk, uh, that was based on game of Thrones. Uh, it was kind of fun if not somewhat exploitable. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of other, like, like it, it, it was one of the biggest cultural phenomena that we've experienced in recent years. Yeah. Everybody was watching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so there's a Telltale game series. You know, the Telltale games are like a visual novel. Okay. Basically. I didn't know that there was a Telltale game. I think there's only one I played. It was, it was good. Cool. Um, but really I just, um, there, the beauty of, of the books and the way that it's told is there's a lot of like, uh, theorizing what, what could this mean? Mm -hmm. What does this mean? So there's a lot, hours and hours on YouTube of just people like who have encyclopedic knowledge of everything, um, coming up with theories as to why things happen or where it's going to go, where someone's going to be. And I, I find those very interesting. I watch those pretty regularly. Okay. You got a yeah. couple of uh, channels to recommend? Yes. Uh, the one I listen to the most is called In Deep Geek. Uh, he is extremely knowledgeable. Um, 
And then my favorite tinfoil one, uh, which they just come up with theories and stuff of what's happening. That's cool. Is uh, Lucifer means light bringer. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about that uh, tabletop role-playing game that we should definitely try to get Weston to <laughs> yeah. DM for us. Um, it was really fucking cool when we, when we, there, so the way that you build your, that you build the campaign is essentially you start off with a hull creation, mm-hmm. right? So you create your own house okay. and, uh, the idea is that everybody in your can in your party is part of that house in some kind of way. Okay. Right. So, so you could have, you could have like one of the characters could be like the head of the house mm-hmm. or the Smith uh, or a Smith like the weapons master. Exactly. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Dude, if you, if like you have an encyclopedic knowledge, you would totally love being a DM. Cause you would have realistic expectation, not realistic expectations, but like you could put the house mm-hmm. of like the player's house into fealty of a like a great house or yeah yeah, and like you can make it super realistic and you could just like you know theory craft like to yourself like i wonder what would fucking happen if like there was just extra reinforcements at this one specific battle and like how like the ripples of that like i had a lot of fun playing that tabletop i had like a hedge knight i really want to try it yeah who like uh was just in too many battles and lost his mind (laughs) so his name was george georgeston (laughs) and like he was just like he had a warhammer and a shield and that's, he was just like he was just in too many battles. He's fucked up. That's rad. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always, I don't know. It it's not there aren't too many uh like tabletop RPGs where like you can give your character PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> this does seem like the world for that to happen. Yeah, it's it was super fun. Yeah. Um so like the system is the because it's a Game of Thrones system, like political intrigue is a huge part of the game. Yeah. Right. There's a, a very, very in-depth rule sets on, on like injuries. On well, yeah, on injuries. Like you, you really have to. Like if you get hurt in battle. Oh, also everything is super, super deadly. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, it's super, super deadly, but it's also like really, really difficult to like hit they're all in armor yeah right? everybody's they in armor the, yeah um oh, well so like if you end up if you end up with someone that's in armor going up against someone that's not in armor uh it's not really a contest yeah you, you get hit once you're pretty much out of the fight that kind of thing warhammer so like so <laughs> well, it makes that makes total sense and that's something that is built into the world mm-hmm. too so yeah um but like usually in a system there's uh, like most of your uh, most of the rule sets are based around combat and that kind of thing and most of the book is uh, most of the rule book is all on like all on non-combat encounters (laughs) yeah just Um, talking just talking i like it it like i showed it to you i was trying to i was i went out and tried to find it for 30 seconds right here on my bookshelf and i couldn't i couldn't find it so that we could look through it a little bit more but um like definitely something that i think you would be incredible at dming for well i would love to try it um all right what else we got let's go let's go through our list make sure that we don't have any uh last second questions before we go into uh, some spoilers and some of the real 
real different shit so that people could um choose to skip over yeah i and to 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 back that up before we go into the other uh, i actually liked knowing about the differences first because then i'd be like oh i want to see how this unfolds okay because i actually found out about some of the differences before i started reading i was like oh that's really cool how does that happen hmm yeah no super spoilers I don't know if there's a way that you can word it so that it's not like an absurd, like, oh, well, now I know what happens at the end of this book. No, or, it, or it'll like be, it won't be that out. consequential, but, like, you'll okay, cool. characters that just don't exist in the show, like, you're going to want to meet in the book. Yeah, I will probably forget, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, it's definitely something that I'm going to look into these uh, audiobooks and uh, try and get some time in on Game of Thrones. Um but I actually, uh, I think for the most part, we've pretty much gone over uh, everything, um, other than like explicitly going over like what the what the time commitment, time commitment and paywall is. Uh, these are books; they're paperback books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cheap as fuck. Go yeah. to your fucking bookstore. Go to your library. Go to a thrift store. I'm sure you can find it from our new sponsor, Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um so uh like get into this uh just there are new books coming out yeah um if you're a fast reader uh, even if you're not a fast reader it's coming out next year you got yeah. some time to get time. through the series and then there's a book after that and then there's a book after that yeah okay all right so we we still definitely have some things to look forward to so uh just because the series is over and the last season was, or the TV series is mm-hmm. over and the last season was kind of a flop doesn't mean that it's over. Um, Read, it's gonna be it. something that <laughs> it, it's gonna be something that people will be talking about for the next twenty years. Yeah, no, it'll it'll always be a joke that George R. R. Martin is slow at writing. Yeah, <laughs> everyone will always make it. Yeah, dude. Like people still talk about Lord of the Rings. People still talk about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Star Wars is coming out with new stuff and all the time, and maybe yep. it's not the greatest it ever was. <laughs> but, um, but like this is these are going to be classic novels in fifty years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So read them. Get into it. Um, that being said, they're fat fucking books. Yes, they are. The audiobooks are, I think the first one's like 20 hours long, and the second one is 30. Nice. So you got, Fuck it. You got commitments. I mean, like, I find it pretty easy to get through like two or three hours of an audiobook in a day. Like, yeah. Man, and especially if it's a good narrator, like, instead of watching TV and stuff like that, I'll just be fucking around in my room doing stuff. And this, it, the, the way that it's laid out, it does lend itself to just just do a couple hours because it's just told from this character's point of view. Mm-hmm. The next chapter is another character's point of view. Right. So you can just, after you finish that point of view, you're like, all right, I'm taking a break. Yeah. That's cool. Makes it uh, a little bit, uh, easier to digest. Yeah. You, <laughs> For sure. Easier to chew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we've pretty much talked about everything you said. You, you said you don't really have anything that you want to plug right now. No. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I did got one more question. Like, okay. What has, uh, a song of ice and fire brought to your life like as far as like it just made you realize you know like how fucking badass writing can be or like it, how in depth what it did is it made me really love reading again which oh that's cool which i i loved as a kid hated in high school um because fucking what you're forced school. to read yeah you know and they kind of do that and then once i sat down and started reading i was like oh this is great and it, what it does is i think it's because the book 
really wants you to critically think. It doesn't want you to sit there and just read a bunch of shit. Yeah, it's engaging. They want you to be like, you should be thinking about this. This is probably not correct. This uh this person's probably lying. Mm. Like you have to be thinking about that kind of thing. Sounds fun. Yeah, it is. Get into it. No. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Get into it. Ah, okay. All right, so this is where we're going to go ahead and make that transition. Um, let's talk about some spoilers. And we're not going to like spoil like the biggest things in the world, but no. let's talk about some spoilers that are at least some differences. But if, if you are a purist and you are dedicated to going back and reading these books next week, um, maybe check out now. Mm-hmm. You definitely should. Yeah. Um, so... We'll give you we'll give you a little bit of time right now, and <laughs> Brandon Brandon's over in the corner and he he has his 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 ears plugged. Um, here. Uh, but we're gonna go ahead and give you a few seconds to hit that uh, hit that next button because uh, we have another uh, episode of Hub for Hub up right around the corner. Nice. Um, and so we'll go ahead and give that to you now. Spoiler, 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 spoilers. <laughs> okay. Spoiler Your last warning alarm. for spoilers. Last Get the fuck out warning now. for spoilers. Spoilers right. alarm. <laughs> One of the coolest characters. Coolest characters. Coolest characters is not in the show whatsoever. Is a character called Lady Stoneheart. Lady Stoneheart. Lady Stoneheart is was once Catelyn Tolly, but Beric Dondarrion, who made it all the way to the final season, decided to kiss her. After being in the river for three days. And she comes back to life. And now she's running the Brotherhood of Without Banners. And she's killing every single Frey or Lannister she can get her hands on. Ugh. She's a zombie. Her throat is slit because that's how she died. Her skin is white. Her eyes are sunken in. She has Rob Stark's crown. And she's going to give it to somebody. And she's just an incredible character that I don't know why they didn't put in the show. I think they can wanted to keep it think? a little grounded. Yes, she thinks, and she can she can talk a little bit because her throat is so she has to like cover it, and she can like whisper yeah. to somebody. And she's making judgment on all these people that she deems guilty of wronging her and wronging her family. So she's incredible, and I really you don't you don't get a POV from her, but um, uh, Brienne and Jamie are gonna have to interact with her in the next book. So mm-hmm. that's something that we're going to have to, because they both made oaths to Catelyn in the book. Yeah. And Catelyn is call, calling those checks. Sure. Uh, cashing those checks, I should say. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking cool. Up. Yeah. And then um, Euron, Greyjoy. He is incredible in the books. In the show, he's a pirate. Who, yeah. Like, he fucking, they moved, they, ugh, he caused so much shit to happen. And, like, I feel like yeah. he was just such a garbage character. In the books, he is the embodiment of evil in this universe. Really? He want his goal is to become a god. And to do that, he's going to sacrifice as many lives as he can to as many religions as he can, do the most blasphemous acts, kill his children on this. He's getting people into sea battles. And he's got all their tongues cut out so they can't talk. And he's got a, a magic horn that can su- supposedly enslave a dragon. And it kills whoever blows it. But it's worded in a way that you can kind of read into like, oh, the 
whoever blows it, but not the owner of the horn. So who owns the horn? And he's just an incredible character. He, uh, if you want a little backstory, he probably was uh, like Bran as a child, like the three-eyed raven coming to visit him. Yeah. And he rejected him. And ever since he got that sight of seeing everything, he's been like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This shit is real. This shit is real. And so he wants to become a god. It's very Lovecraftian. I love it. His whole thing, the whole Greyjoy and Ironborn thing is all, they pray to the uh, god of the deep. Uh, the, The king sits on an oily blackstone chair that's been there since the dawn of time. And he's getting crazier and crazier over time. Uh, this character Euron is wearing Valyrian steel armor, plate armor that he found in Valyria. What? Which is a smoking hole. So that means he went there where nobody goes, got this armor. He also, uh, uh, the warlocks, if you remember in the early seasons, they all drink this blue juice that gives them visions. He mm-hmm. is just slinging it back. That's all he does. Very interesting. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, also very dark. He does some very, very dark things to his brothers much darker than the show ever did and um and when does all this happen in the books so like you hear inklings of him in like the second book okay because that's when you start getting uh theon chapters and he's theon's uncle sure um but he doesn't make he doesn't become enemy number one until uh i think the fourth book okay yeah i think he shows up in the third book and you're kind of scared of him but then in the fourth book it really kind of fucking kicks off oh this guy is insane that's awesome. It's at the fourth or fifth. I can't remember right now. Um, but yeah, he's incredible. He's so hard. Oh, the way it ends. Um, remember they built up the golden army? Like it's this yeah. golden company. Yeah. And, and they're like, they're super fucking badass. And then they should just get rid of them. Yep. So the golden company is actually an offshoot of those black fires that I told you about earlier. Yeah. Uh, after they lost their first rebellion, he ran away to Essos to go make a, a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, sellsword company they're a sellsword company over you know x amount of years to current day that has never once backed down from a um contract they've always fulfilled their contract it's like the only sells you know sellsword company they're like oh we're dying we're leaving no they win that's it yeah um so they are rallying behind a character that we pr- is probably a blackfire but they're calling a targaryen Okay. Um, in the in the beginning, you learn that uh, when King's Landing is sacked uh, during Robert's Rebellion, the mountain kills um, Rhaegar's two children and his wife. Um, this guy is supposedly the baby, Aegon. Hmm. He is. Varys says that he knew this was going to happen, and he switched out the babies with a common baby, and he put him across the river or across the narrow sea so he can go learn to be a good king. And he is learning to be a good king. He, this guy is a cool character. His name is young Griff. Um, and he has the Targaryen coloring, uh, but they hide it by, um, there are a lot more, uh, the characters in, from different areas of the world are a lot more, um, what's the world I'm looking for? Oh, dead air. Um, flamboyant. Okay. Like the Bravosi, like a Dario, mm. the heroes. He's supposed to have a forked beard that's painted blue. His hair is blue or yellow. Like they, they dye their hairs and stuff oh. because that's the cultural thing that they like to do. Uh, so they just use the excuse, oh, his hair is blue because his mom is from there. 
and it's not golden the uh, platinum sure and uh his eyes are just black not purple because they do look black when his hair's dark hmm i'm so i'm actually like super excited to get into the books yeah dude. like i just finished up. Yeah, this is all in there it's all towards the end that's why it's towards the latter half of the books so that's why you're like oh you didn't go with this because you didn't either didn't have it yet or it's too out there i guess i i I do know that they wanted to tone magic down a little bit because that kind of makes the, you know, this is the biggest, uh, one of the biggest fictions on TV ever. You know, there's a lot of people on their phones and stuff and they see magic like, ah, that's stupid. I don't want to look at this. Fuck that, dude. I I agree with that. Yeah, dude. If you're watching a fucking show and it's from a book, Mm -hmm. the reason that it does well is because it's fucking good. I 100% agree. Fucking producers, man. Yeah, no, they just wanted to tone it down because a lot of people get taken out for magic. But like, this... there were more people, because I saw it when I was in Qatar, and my whole fucking squad binge-watched it. Nice. And, like, we would all watch it, like, simultaneously, and then I started getting ahead, and then, like, I just had to keep watching on my own, because, mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm not going to watch this shit again. I just saw this. <laughs> but, like, there were, you know, people from all walks of life that really, really fucking liked it. And, like, I'm... Like a couple of them went off to read the books. Like, nice. there's this dude Bird that like I never would have thought would have been into like fucking fiction. Like, mm-hmm. just a classic army dude, and he was like, "This is the best fucking show I've ever fucking seen." And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's fantastic. You should get into it. I will go to one more thing because it hasn't happened yet. Um, okay. The last thing to happen in the books. Spoiler alert, because you, you're fine. No, no, you're good. Oh, okay. John dies. That's oh, the last yeah. thing to happen in the books. Hmm. Now, in the show, John comes back essentially the exact same guy. Yeah. It's probably not going to be that way in the books. I really hope not. Uh, in the books, all of the Stark children are wargs. Every single one of them wargs into their wolf. Oh. A lot. Cool. Like, John and Ghost are literally like two... like like each other they are the same person basically yeah and uh uh you know john is probably his brain is probably in ghost right now and so he's probably going to be a little bit more wolfish more feral when he yeah, comes like back aggressive also primal. his body is on ice right now what's that going to do to him he's going to come back with black fingers and stuff yeah probably also you know that brings up the questions can he have kids now no because he's not. the king how is he going to do that? Yeah. Ugh. And then Arya, she wargs a lot. Uh, she cheats with the faceless men by warging. And they're like, how do you do that? She's like, I have my, you have your secrets. I'm good. <laughs> she doesn't really know what it is. She's just doing it. And that's the beauty of it. It's just natural. Like she doesn't know. She doesn't understand it. Yeah. But she knows of the tales of wargs. She understands it. And he does things like your prologue is usually not a main character. And you get a, a lesson from it. And one of the ones is a warg from the north and him talking about when I die, I want to be in a wolf. I don't really want to be in a bird or anything. And once you're in there long enough, you'll lose yourself and become that thing. Sure. Um, and yeah, so there's going to be consequences for John coming back. It's not just going to be oh, hey guys, resurrection. Boom. Boom. Yeah. God, that fucking sucked. Yeah. Like, I don't know that like that just felt like such a cheap shot where he just came back and he's like, Oh my God, 
I'm the I'm same guy. I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm fucking yeah, and back. Also, and he was just like, wow, you to, to bring in my face. To bring up the consequences again, the reason he gets killed in the book, uh, you know, he's letting all these wildlings over. They don't like that. Um, but they, they don't kill him because of that. He gets a letter from supposedly Ramsey. We don't know. Again, this is the whole you need to take things with a grain of salt when you're sure. reading it. Um, because it's written a little bit different than Ramsey would and in bigger and little. But anyway, challenging him to come take Winterfell. And he's a brother of the Night's Watch. He's actually the word commander at this point. Mm. He takes no part in the politics of man. That's their thing. We protect everyone. We will not take sides. Um, however, John says, hey, I'm not going to ask all of you to break your vows, but I'm going to Winterfell with the wildlings. <laughs> and then he get he gets called outside and that's where he gets shanked. Because hmm. you gave them an excuse to do it. There are consequences to your actions. And the show doesn't really do that. No. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you go out and you get killed and all of a sudden you just get resurrected and they're, you're basically the same person, uh, that that's basically showing that, oh, hey, there is no consequences. Yeah. yeah the most really important consequence me. in life, which is death, mm-hmm. uh, is irrelevant. So fuck you. Yeah, and we do get a source of like uh, Beric Dondarrion in the books is a, a much different. Uh, he's he's good. He's basically like a lawful good character. However, he's been resurrected like nine times. Uh, he's lost himself, parts of himself, like nine times now. He's hollow. He literally cannot. Yes, <laughs> he literally cannot like remember his betrothed wife. He he can't really remember his castle. The only thing he knows is that Ned Stark sent him to go kill the mountain. Hmm. That's it. That's all he's trying to do. And he, but he's also being good about it. Like he's kind of like a Robin Hood character. Like he's taking care of the small folk who in the books, you'll notice you never really get a POV from anyone who's not a part of the 1%. Basically yeah. everyone is in a noble house. You never get the point of view of someone except for Davos. Shoveling shit. You get Davos's point of view, but because he was low born and he, that he does bring a nice, um, Outlook contrasts all of them, but he is, he has been raised to a knighthood. Yeah. A lordship. Mm. And so you get to see from his point of view and he's a great character. He's actually going to do something they didn't do in the show. Uh, Rickon, the smallest Stark. Yeah. um, He's, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I should have said this in the beginning of the spoilers. Everyone's considerably younger in the books. Oh yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, John's 15 at the start of the book. Um, Daenerys is 14 at the start of the book. Yeah. Rickon is three at the start of the book. Uh, Rickon has been warging into his dire wolf for probably two years now as a three-year-old. There's going to be consequences for that, but also he was taken off to Skagos, which is an Island in the North where all the people are rumored to be cannibals. And uh, they are supposed to be uh, owe fealty to the Starks. Mm. and if they show and their little lord shows up that's supposed to be dead shows up maybe they'll do that but they get that inform the uh the manderleys their house of the starks uh, they get this information they say you're gonna go get him davos and so that's where davos is going going to an island of cannibals to go rescue a feral wolf child uh and uh yeah that's just have fun with that consequences yeah, yeah they're consequences um this has been really, really informative. Uh, like, 
if you haven't gone out and uh, watched the show, watch the show. If you haven't read the books, get the fuck on that because that's something I'm going to be getting the fuck on. It's very cool. Uh, uh, I, I, I honestly came into this podcast with a little bit of skepticism. I was like, well, the fucking show's over, dude. Like, <laughs> like, like, why the fuck should somebody get into this, uh, this series? It's kind of uh, passe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm energized about it dude i'm i'm excited to get into it again uh i'm excited to read the books and get more information um and i'm really fucking excited for you to run a fucking campaign i'm excited uh, (laughs) yeah that sounds like fun yeah i'm I'm bringing george georgeston back nice (laughs) Nice. uh one more thing i will add uh just for the cannibal island there's also unicorns there but they're probably not our unicorns they're probably like goats with mutations and just very dark stuff sure that you can accept from this world cool yeah i just like that it's kind of grim dark mm-hmm. like i love that shit yeah it's very grounded there's uh it, it feels like we get our hand held a lot as a modern audience mm-hmm. and game of thrones is one of those uh they're gonna spit on you yeah mm-hmm. they're, they're they like gonna, you hey, need, that character yeah. that you love he's gonna die he he's gonna make a stupid choice and he's gonna pay a consequence for. It. He's not just gonna walk away because he's the main character. Yep, or a main character, yep. and I love that. Uh, Alex, you got anything else? Nope. Weston, you got any last minute? No. Read it. Yeah, I Fucking mean, like I was it. I was checking it out on audio or Audible earlier, like on the podcast, and I didn't have an internet connection. I searched mm-hmm. it like six times. So I was like, what? It's it's not on audible and then i saw that i didn't have internet i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm chilling uh fucking read that shit uh but that's all we've got and we're gonna go ahead and hit you with the outro thanks for listening to hub for hubbub we really appreciate you being here if you enjoyed what you heard please share the podcast with your friends as that is going to be the fastest way this podcast is going to grow. If you want to reach out to us, please do so at hubforhubbub at gmail.com. That's spelled H-U-B number four H-U-B-B-U-B at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, spelled the exact same way. Also, please be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you get new episodes as they are released. Hub for Hubbub was created by Corey and Cheyenne, co-hosted by Alex. Periodically engineered and edited by Brandon. I have been your host and producer of Hub for Hubbub, and I'm Corey the Woodtier Guru. If you want even more content by me, be sure to follow me on Twitter at WoodTierGuru. That's W-O-O-D-T-I-E-R-G-U-R-U. Everyone else has opted to keep their personal social media private, and your discretion is appreciated. It's been fun. Check back soon for more Hubbub here at Hub for Hubbub. Hub for Hubbub is primarily for entertainment purposes, and as such, personal accounts or recorded events may be embellished or entirely fabricated. Content on Hub for Hubbub is intended for mature, discerning, and rational legal adults with reasonable senses of humor and adequate access to free will. Consulting an expert or professional in addition to utilizing personal research is not only recommended, but is considered necessary by Hub for Hubbub before anyone should attempt anything having to do with what is discussed or showed on Hub for Hubbub.